at that age, I was infatuated with sports and basketball. I would tell my younger self to, okay, since you love these things, why don't you start buying stock in Nike, Coca-Cola, all these different things you do. From Money Fit by DRS, it's the Money Fit Podcast, the show about financial education opportunities all around us and practical financial tips right in front of us. I'm Todd Christensen, and on today's show, author and founder of Winning at the Money Game, Sean Gbe, puts on a clinic to coach us all on how basketball skills and habits translate into successful money game skills and habits. Stick with me for highlights you can't even find on SportsCenter. The tip-off is next. After graduating with a BS in finance from the Martin J. Whitman School of Management at Syracuse University, Sean Jibe worked on Wall Street as a commodity broker before authoring Winning at the Money Game in 2014. Sean uses sports concepts to teach financial literacy in a way that's fun, engaging, and empowering. And it is my great pleasure, Sean, to welcome you back to The Money Fit Show. Awesome. I'm happy to be here, Todd. It's good to have you back. Being a a repeat guest here, you know that we start each show with a a question for Mm -hmm. our guest. And so if you're ready, I've got it here for you. Okay, let's do it. All right. This is one that no matter how people grow up, I'm always fascinated to hear what they say. What would you have done differently with your finances in your younger years? Hmm. Well, I'd probably say saving and investing uh, younger would definitely have helped. I think that would be one of the things that I would do. At that age, you really don't have a concept of saving and investing because your parents are giving you money. Mm-hmm. You don't have any bills. <laughs> you have nothing to worry sure, about. Not, so right? You just, right. Yeah. <laughs> you just have money coming in and you have insatiable appetite to consume things because you're young and you know, they're marketing to you on whatever channels you may be watching, you know, so you can be uh, influenced very quickly as a child. But I would say that saving and investing, especially value investing, the fact that at that age, I was infatuated with sports and basketball, I would tell my younger self to, okay, since you love these things, why don't you start buying stock in Nike, Coca-Cola, all these different things you do. There's companies who you know, make these products or make these services. And if you give them some of your money, that's what investing is all about. They take that money and they come up with new ideas. They may put it towards product technology or developing products to help grow their company. And then they take that money and pay back out to you in forms of dividends and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why why be just a consumer when you can be part owner, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Great idea. Well, let me uh, get into uh, something from your book, Winning at the Money Game. You keep hitting, as I was reading it, 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 it kept hitting me. You talked f- regularly about the power of habits, both sports and finances. Why is that? Yeah, habits are the key to life. I think habits also define and make a person. For example, if we're using basketball, a great shooter like Steph Curry probably when he was growing up, had the habit of making a certain amount of shots a day and probably swishing those shots and not just mm-hmm. making them. Right. So those habits help to develop him into the player we see now. I know we only see the game when they're playing. We don't see the practices and those type of things. So that's where our habits are so important. But Warren Buffett has a fantastic quote 
that I really love and I think uh, perfectly portrays the importance of habits. Um, he says, the chains of habits are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be removed. Mm. So what you're doing on a constant basis is too light to be felt. But if you need to stop doing that action, it might be too heavy for you to remove. Let's say, for example, smoking. Some people who smoke cigarettes, they do it all the time. They're not really conscious of it. But for you to tell someone to stop smoking, oh, we know that could take years for them to quit that mm -hmm. habit. So really, your chains of habits really make up who you are and who you're going to become. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, I was listening to a podcast earlier this year from uh, uh, Hidden Brain, and they talked about, uh -huh. so if you're on the court and you have the willpower to make a shot, but you haven't developed the habit of, I guess, through practice, how's that going to end up? Yes, exactly. And I've seen that on the basketball court. A lot of people have seen that. It's uh, something that's very funny. Um, I know <laughs> people like to say, oh, you need to have confidence. Uh, take, for example, I can swim. I'm an okay swimmer, but treading water is very difficult for mm -hmm. me. I would never jump in the ocean and someone would be like, oh, just be confident. You're in the ocean. Be confident. No. Confident comes from competence. You can only be confident in something if you're competent in it or else you're just faking it you're faking it till you make it but true confidence comes from competence the fact that not only do i have the mindset to want to take that last shot and make that last shot but i've been practicing for the past season or the off season in taking those shots and making those shots so really it's confidence comes from competence i like that perfect thanks for sharing that it's going with the going with the ocean analogy that's deep all right. So what, uh, when we're talking about middle school and high school students, what are some of the habits uh, that uh, when it comes to money that they should be developing or that maybe parents should be encouraging? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One habit I would say that is very important is reading. Um, I know um, a lot of parents uh, give their kids money for chores and things like that. And that's fine to, you know, create discipline and also responsibility because sooner or later you're going to be running your own household and have to take care of yourself. So that's very important and vital. But I'll always I'll also encourage parents to maybe uh, in terms of paying their children to read certain books, maybe motivational books, finance books, self-help books. And it might be like, oh, right, you read this book, you get five dollars. Hmm. That way you're encouraging the love of reading, which is very important. And then the other thing I would tell parents is. You can almost do a match savings account. I know at various jobs, the companies can match uh, the contribution that uh, their employees put into their 401k. So you can tell your kid, hey, if you save $10 this month, I will put in another $10. That way I'm matching the savings you're putting in. I think that will, you know, kids, they get enthusiastic about a lot of things and that will really lead to them understanding the importance of saving and actually saving money. And then mm -hmm. from there, the parent and the child can come up with a goal for uh, where to invest the money. Because it's very hard to save money if you don't have a goal in mind. Like I can say, hey, Todd, you should save uh, $10,000 in the next two years. <laughs> you probably won't do it because we have no goal for where that. Where is that money going? Why right. are we saving this $10,000? Why are we limiting ourselves and you know putting discipline on ourselves? If there's a reason or a goal for your savings, it's much easier to do you know, to save money. Mm -hmm. 
I, I appreciate those. Those are those are all. I totally with you on all those. I love the idea of the, of encouraging reading. I think that was the hardest part. Kind of when when the pandemic got real for our family was when we tried to go to the library and it was closed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it was that, that was that tough. could be definitely tough. And yeah. I would also stress like I wasn't a big reader until I probably got into college because mm-hmm. I think what maybe some schools I can't say all they present books that may not be interesting to uh, kids. So I would encourage, that's why it's important to encourage your kids to, if there's a movie they like, say Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, read the book. I've mm-hmm. read the book. The book is, the movie's fantastic. The book is even better. Mm-hmm. You can even do The Trumpet of the Swan by E.B. White, Charlotte's Web, The Princess Bride, which is one of my favorite movies. And the book is <laughs> amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I would say, just do that. Hey kids, we're going to watch this movie. But before we watch the movie, let's read the book and then see which one's better. Things like that will get kids really, you know, going. And I'll also recommend Dickens, A Christmas Carol. Dickens is, uh, in terms of writing, this guy yeah. is amazing. Same yeah. with uh, George Orwell. Just fantastic individuals when it comes to writing. Yeah, good. Good classics. I, 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 I'm with you on that. I think it was, uh, I, I was after I had my bachelor's before I started looking at books as non-textbooks. I, they just, they were just, exactly, yeah. they were just chores. And mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, if I'm not reading or listening to an audio book now, it's, uh, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> Same here. Okay. So let me, let me talk about you. Let's talk about your book. You have uh, several, several chapters up front where you talk about the different skills and fundamentals. And then you, you get to uh, the squad section of the book where you talk about, a, a, a group of kids, a team, basically some friends who who play basketball, love basketball. And um, one of them, Pamela, tells her teammates they have this goal of raising money for uniforms so they can enter a tournament. And she has, so she says that uh, it's important to surround themselves with like-minded savers and investors if they're going to want to get to the point where they have enough money to buy these, these jerseys. Mm-hmm. So, how do what how do we encourage middle school high school kids to surround themselves with like-minded savers and investors that seems I, I, that would be great but how can they do that it, if there's not a person around that's actually a saver in their in their class maybe mm-hmm. exactly okay so the concept for the squad came or when you play pickup basketball normally people ask you who's on your team or what's your squad that's mm-hmm. how the term squad is normally used uh, for pickup basketball so I chose to, you know, use five kids representing the five positions in basketball, the point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. That way, whoever's reading the book, and especially the audience is eight, eight years old to 18 or uh, third grade to 12th grade. So they can see themselves in these characters um, because of the age and also the love of basketball. But what Pamela was trying to get across was that just like a great team that passes, you also must pass on financial literacy to one another. And the best way of doing that is to go to your local library because the library is filled with the thoughts, attitudes, and you know mindsets of great people. So you can read even autobiographies is something I would say is probably great for middle school to high school students because it actually shows you the difficulty that these individuals that we hold up uh, had to go through the pressure perseverance and also the tenacity they had to have. So mm-hmm. that's why I use that to show them that you have to constantly be seeking out information, educating yourself, 
and then giving that information to your quote unquote teams or your family members so they can better their lives as well. So you, uh, so a, a middle school or, or teenager, uh, high schooler, sometimes when they, they might hear passing on information and they just think, well, I don't have any information in my head to pass on, but you're saying that you can facilitate or make passing on information happen by reading books and passing it on to you yourself. Exactly. That is the first step. You need to pass on the knowledge to yourself before you can pass on to others. Syracuse, our motto um, is knowledge crowns those who seek her. So if you seek knowledge, you will be crowned. So Mm -hmm. if you're seeking out information, you're seeking ways, even when it comes to basketball, people always want to find better ways. Hey, how do I get more offensive moves? How do I become a better shooter or a passer? They're always seeking these information, asking others, watching videos, watching tapes. But that's the same approach and attitude you need to take towards your finance. Are you watching videos of, let's say, Warren Buffett, Charlie Monger? Are you reading books from Peter Lynch? You know, are you learning about cryptocurrency, even if you are investing in it or not, just to understand what's going on? I think my career on Wall Street really opened my eyes in terms of all the information out there, because when I was at Syracuse, I really didn't know anything about commodities or being a commodity broker. But Mm -hmm. I sought out that information and it really you know, led me onto the path of being a broker and to really enrich my life. So uh, it's very important to continually work on your basketball game as well as work on your personal finance game. Nice. Sean, I've really enjoyed our discussion here today. Uh, we're winding down. Would you mind uh, sharing one piece of practical advice or recommendation, uh, a recommendation for our listeners today? Yeah, um, I would say a very important thing that your listeners can do is invest, of course, but if you're investing in the stock market, you need to buy stocks that pay dividends. That is truly the only way to invest because if you don't do that, you're just speculating. And as a commodity broker, <laughs> that was my job. We speculate, meaning we're betting on price increases or price decreases. Mm-hmm. So if you buy a stock and the stock doesn't pay dividends, you're just hoping for the stock to go up instead of when you have dividends. The stock, as the company grows, they're paying out their profits earned to you, and also you get more shares. So, mm-hmm. and then you can also reinvest the dividends, which means more stocks, which means more wealth as your stocks climb up the ladder. So, I would say buy stocks that pay dividends. Excellent. All right, Sean. How can how can listeners connect with you online? If they want to learn more about what you do. Yeah, the best way is to go to our website, which is winning at themoneygamenow.com, which is W-A-T-M-G-N-O-W.com. That way they can learn more about us, download our free ebook, and also be able to access our online course. But uh, going to our official website, W-A-T-M-G-N-O-W.com is the best way. Excellent. Uh, Sean, thanks for for being my guest today. It was great to have you back and uh, talk a little more about about your book. I, I appreciate your time. Thank you. I had a wonderful time, you know, talking with you and also just sharing this information with your listeners. Excellent. Speaking of my listeners, thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to uh, read or listen to some of our archived episodes, please check us out at moneyfit.org slash podcast. And until the next time, please stay money fit and stay well. <laughs>